0: Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And the 2020 season is a wrap. That's what we're going to do here. We're going to go over where the Giants stand after 2020 because the final tally is 6-10. They did not make the playoffs. The Washington football team wins the division. They played against the Giants. Look, they took care of their business in Week 17. They did what they had to do against what was ultimately a bad Dallas team. I almost actually nailed that one, that prediction on on the money. Actually, even with the score uh, and how that was going to play out. So they take care of their business. The Giants this year, especially with Dak Prescott not there, were a better team than the Dallas Cowboys. I have, I know they finished with the same record, but I have no problem saying that the Washington football team then took care of their business against the Philadelphia Eagles, and it was an Eagles team that we know, quote unquote, tank. Emphasize winning. I mean, I have my opinion on that. We'll get to that in a few minutes. We're not going to talk a lot about that because that's been discussed over and over again. But I'll give you my opinion about the fall outrage that people have over these kind of things. Uh, the bottom line is Giants finished 6 and 10, didn't end up winning the division. Okay, no big deal. As Joe Judge said, and this is key, his top priority this season, number one, was establishing a culture and foundation. And he thinks they have succeeded in that. And that's why they could view this this season, even though they went six and ten, they lost four more games than they won. They could view it as a success because they also knew going into the season they were limited talent wise. And then when Saquon Barkley went down, they were really limited talent wise, especially on offensive side of the football. So we'll get into that. We'll get into the Dave Gettleman decision. Uh, we'll we'll get into where this team is overall. We have Dave Rothenberg, uh, host of DCR ninety eight seven. ESPN New York, the new morning show from five to five to eight. Dave's my guy. You guys know him all, all guys and girls know him very well. So we're gonna talk all these key topics with him in a few minutes. But first, let's go over just some housekeeping stuff of where of where we stand, okay? So Dave Gettleman is retained by the Giants. According to ownership, it was never really a decision once they won in week 17. They feel good about, you know, that they're at least moving in the right direction, that this past offseason, the moves that they made were right. They admitted to miscalculations uh, two years ago at 2018. Duh. I mean, we sat here, we yelled and we talked about it. It was obvious to anybody who wanted to believe it. Right. I mean, anyone who wanted to open their eyes that it was time for this organization to rebuild, but they didn't want to do it. So what did they do? Dave Gettleman comes in. He retains, he, he keeps Eli as a starter. Drafts a running back. Signs an a, Nate Soldier, who's a thirty year old tackle, basically to record setting money. Forget the fact that it's probably a miss. It was a misvaluation. Not even probably. I mean, you talk to people right away at the time that around the league that were telling me, you know, he's just uh, an average player. That's a ridiculous amount of money for him. And it turned out to be. And then he follows it up the following year. You know, let's not even mention the, the uh, you know, the Jonathan Stewart's, the Patrick Omames of the world that, that year, those decisions. William Gay, like, they were signing all these veterans. Of just terrible, terrible uh, direction of the team. And then the following year, they fought, you know, the Golden Tate. Uh, still trying to win with another 30-year-old veteran guy. I mean, just thought process is what bothers me. I've been telling you this from day one. So, they keep them. Terrible. They're, they're set back. But now they are finally in the right direction. Forget that it took three years to get here. The Giants don't want to shake it up because they feel they're finally moving in the right direction. Gettleman and Judge are working together well. And this past offseason, the moves were, were strong, which is hard to argue. I mean, that, that's, that's reality. That, that's how it, go, it went down. And let's be, let's be frank about this for a second. You understand, and I say Gettleman and Judge work well together. This, the, the, when the Giants make these decisions, the way this organization is run, this decision was not a Joe Judge decision. He's not making hirings and firings with the general manager. That's above his pay scale as well. This is John Mara and Steve Tisch we're talking about here. Chris Mara probably gives his input. Tim McDonald, who's part of the Mara family and high up in the, the front office, he's he's giving his input to John and, and Steve throughout. So that decision is made is being made by John Mara and Steve Tisch. And then they're telling Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge to go work together. And then, then John Mara serves as sort of the arbiter to any disagreements that come up between the two. And look, nothing's perfect. There's always going to be disagreements or differences of, I should say more differences of opinion. And that's healthy. You want differences of opinion. So you got Joe Judge as the coach with Dave Gettleman as the general manager moving forward. A 6-10 and 10 team clearly made progress. You see them moving in the right direction. I think the defense is kind of close. The offense is what you're concerned about. Second fewest points in the league. Yes, they get Saquon back. Is Daniel Jones a legit top 15, top 10 quarterback? Still, we sit here a year later. This is the number one question we wanted to see pretty much entering the year. And I don't think it's been answered. So it's it's something we'll, we'll talk about moving forward. The Giants are fully committed to Daniel Jones being their guy. Joe Judge has said this publicly. I've spoken to people behind the scenes. This isn't just lip service. They mean it. Uh, they truly believe in Daniel Jones. They think... He can be a high-level quarterback, you can, a quarterback you can win with, a quarterback you can go forward with and build around, being the, one of the centerpieces. Now, he's going to have to prove it. Next year's huge. I mean, it's a huge year. you got to prove it. If you don't show it in year three, you know, because Josh Allen, he's the example because he's the most recent. Year two, he was up and down. But used to, I, I think everyone who watched at least the Bills regularly, Bills fans, they were pretty much convinced that Josh Allen was the guy entering this year. Now he took it to a completely, like, not even different level. He took it seven levels, right? But if you don't do it in year three, it's probably not going to happen for you, right? And I know some people might say, well, we're look at Ryan Tannehill when he left and went to another team. I don't, you don't want Ryan Tannehill as your franchise quarterback. That's my opinion. Sorry. Like, good, fine player, good player, good enough. Like, you need a perfect, 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 perfect situation, an amazing team all around him to have any chance to win something serious. The goal is to win a Super Bowl. I'm not sure you could do it with a Ryan Tannehill. Need better than that. Can Daniel Jones be better than Ryan Tannehill? We don't even know that right now. I think the Giants are crossing their fingers. They see uh, footprints that say they believe it can happen. But until we see it, so this year is going to be next year, this season, next season, this year. Is going to be huge for Daniel Jones and his organization. Make or break. Like they, you got to know by the end of this year if he's a top level quarterback. And he's got to. And the only way to do that is to go out there and prove it. And this year was a down year. Didn't I believe the total tally was uh, what eleven total touchdowns compared to fourteen turnovers. You know that that, that's it's, it's going to be it's hard to win that way. Let's put it that way. It's very hard to win that way. Real quick on the Eagles. And the uh, quote-unquote tank job, uh, yes, I thought it was kind of bogus. It was, uh, they de-emphasized winning, uh, but, you know, that's, I also am not going to sit here and have fall outrage, and I think that's what it is a lot of times, we have fall outrage on things, when, first of all, the Giants did win six games. Let's not forget that for a second. But even putting that aside, okay, there are plenty of teams that de winning in week 17 of every season. The Kansas City Chiefs did it. The Pittsburgh Steelers did it. Now, granted, they did it for much different reasons. But if you're going to sit here and have outrage for a team doing it at all and saying, for the integrity of the game, you got to try and win at all costs, well, that should hold true for everybody. Okay? And I know you, what, you just think that the – and I know a lot of you out there, and I've had this debate with my friends over and over – you just you just like the Chiefs. You you think the Chiefs and the Steelers and the teams that are arresting guys for the playoffs, their excuse is okay. But then you, you're drawing a line and saying, like, no, no, the Eagles' reason is not okay. You can't have it both ways. Either you play to win at all costs no matter what, or you accept that other teams, for whatever reason, whatever their own personal reasons are, are going to de-emphasize winning. And I think that's what happened here. Let's not pretend they really tanked and they lost on purpose when they were on the field. I mean, Nate Sudfeld didn't, didn't go out there and, you know, throwing completions or not, you know, have a snap go past him, whatever. Like, once he went out there, he this guy's playing for his career. And Eagles kept him on the roster for four years because they obviously think he's a decent player. Now, we all have probably a different opinion probably of that. But they knew their chances of winning were decreased, but they didn't care. They wanted to play Nate Sudfeld. They thought he earned the playing time. Doug Peterson had mentioned it before. And that was their reasoning. Now, you could disagree with their reasoning. And I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't necessarily think the way they went about it was the best way to then to play the guy in the fourth quarter and make that change no matter what in a closed game was kind of – was bogus in my opinion. But I'm not going to sit here and be outraged when I'm not outraged that the Pittsburgh Steelers, because they just wanted to rest their guys, you know, sat Ben Roethlisberger in Week 17 and de emphasize winning as well. Right? Just because we like the Steelers' excuse better, like either you're going to be upset about everything – but every team de-emphasizing winning or none of them. You can't have selective outrage. That's my opinion on the subject. And, and, and regardless, uh, let's, you know, the giants, they they have nobody. And, and they've said this, Joe judge said this, all the players parroted it. They have nobody look at themselves in the mirror. They won six games and they blew a game to the, they blew a game to the Eagles. They blew a game to the bucks. I mean, if they, they wanted to make the playoffs, they had to win some of those games. That's the bottom line. But, Organization, moving forward in the right direction. It's what John Mara mandated prior to the season, that they were moving in the right direction. So you can feel good about that. But let's get more into it with our guests. On to the next one.
1: Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall.
0: Ah, uh, yes, we welcome back our favorite guest, Mr. Dave Rothenberg. Now a morning show host, DCR, uh, mornings 5 to 8 a.m., which is quite early, Dave, I must say. Uh, how, how you handling that?
2: um i'm i'm doing well we're only in week two but so far so good and i I appreciate the uh favorite guest by the way i'm i'm honored to be the the favorite guest of your podcast i mean i know
0: know, you're the one when i go on the show that actually takes care of me you're not the one who makes the nose jokes you know so it goes a long way that
2: goes a long way on this podcast not only does it do I not make fun of you, I I think I defend you to the best of my abilities with the savages that I work with. I think so as well. I mean, let's be honest; it's a savage. There's no there's no savages. It's That's fair. It's a, but 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 that one
0: savage feels like it's multiple savages. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about Rick. Uh, but you, you guys are on the, the five to eight uh, on 98.7 ESPN New York. Everybody, make sure you listen in. Uh, any changes for you? Like, does does the show change? Are you talk? Does you, does the talk become any different? Like, have you talked more giants,
2: less giants, uh, I, I more think sports, we, I less mean, sports? No, maybe maybe a little more fun, a little less sports, but for the most part, it's it's the same. I, I'll tell you, our first show was the day after the debacle in Philadelphia, and I was red hot in in sense that what I now call shoeless Joe. Uh, Jackson or shoeless Doug Peterson because the last time someone threw a game to that level was shoeless Joe Jackson. So he's now shoeless Doug Peterson to me forever. I mean you don't want to hear my
0: viewpoint on this because I, I I think it's fall outrage you're you're picking and choosing your spots of what's no of I, you're when, right, you're of right. when of when teams can arbitrarily not go all out to win. I mean teams do it regularly late late in the season, but you just don't like the 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 reason no. I don't think I've ever seen.
2: I don't think I've ever seen. And I mean this sincerely, if he would have benched Jalen Hurts and gone with with Nate Sudfeld, I would have been a little disgusted by it. I would have gotten over it to be in a game. And it felt like to me that he says, you know what? Oh, my God, I really might win this game. Let me get this guy out of there so I know I'm not going to win it. I thought it was nothing short of disgraceful. So if you have a differing opinion, you have the wrong opinion, Jordan. Oh, come on. So you're basically saying you're alright
0: with right what alright with what they did, but just not the way they did it.
2: They didn't want to win the game, they threw the game. You you, you can't argue They with were anything.
0: de-emphasized to they were not they did not they de-emphasized winning the game like a lot of teams do. But everyone they threw, has they their threw different the reasons. They threw, you did they not like the their reason.
2: They threw the game. They they and for what reason? To move up from nine to six? When does it stop, Jordan? Fifteen to twelve? Is that is that within reason? Eighteen to sixteen. It was disgusting. And this and, and like, Doug I said, Peterson, you don't, it,
0: like I said, you don't like their reason for doing it. That's that's your Doug that's, Peterson that's made it worse. Here. To come
2: out to you come. You don't out like, and like give their this, reason. <laughs> this, I, I don't like anything about them. To come out and give me this <laughs> cockamamie nonsense about, well, I wanted to see what Nate Sudfeld was able to do. Well, you know what? With your next stop, you can figure out what Nate Sudfeld can do because I really believe that that cost him his job. I'm not saying it's the only reason, but that might be the icing on the cake. That was uh, Jordan. I will be 107. You will walk up to me and say Doug Peterson, and I will say shoeless Doug Peterson. That was disgraceful. <laughs> what he did.
0: Well, we'll agree to disagree. We want to move forward here because that's that's all. You know, we're getting we're getting past that at this point. Okay. You, you get, we, we understand where you're at on that. And look, you're not alone. Most giant fans are, are, are feeling that way.
2: And actually a lot of football. I would have felt like that most, no matter what. Yeah. Most I football if that fans. Was Dallas, I, I expect you to at least give a, a concerted effort. Once you're in the game to try to win the game. I mean, Cincinnati had nothing to play for. They got beaten up by, um, by Baltimore earlier in the day. It happens. It's fine. Baltimore goes to the postseason, whatever. I mean, Buffalo sure showed up in that game. Just, just show up. That's all I'm saying. Just show up. If you get blown out, you get blown out. But Jordan, they're resting guys that were healthy. Like they said, Alshon Jeffrey was healthy and they decided not to play him. So you're you're right. And it's not like a lot of teams, a lot of teams
0: do that. You just and, and granted their reasons are different. And but you deem those reasons, you know, resting guys for the playoffs better than them just resting them and not not winning and
2: getting a better playoff spot. That's my point. Resting Resting them when you're on the the verge of the postseason. Resting them when you're, and you know what? You just like their
0: reason. You just accept their reason, the other teams, and you don't accept what the Eagles' reasoning was.
2: I heard Keyshawn Johnson defend what they did. And he said, what happens if Jalen Hurts were to fall down in the fourth quarter? Oh, my God. What were to happen if Jalen (laughs) Hurts were to fall down in the fourth quarter? Like, that would eliminate him from the start of September football. Give me a break. You, I love you. You might be one of my favorites. I am. Th- this argument is ridiculous. What they did was was nothing short of embarrassing last week.
0: All right, let, let's move on. Okay, let's, let's talk on. about the other decisions and stuff that's going on with the Giants. Let's talk about how this is moving forward. They're not in the playoffs. They're six and ten. You know, they, they should have won. We should, We know they should have won that first game against the Eagles, and we'd probably be talking much differently about this team right now, Right. Um, but Dave Gettleman, he's back. That was one of the main decisions. How do you feel about that right now? And does it alter how much does it alter your overall confidence in the organization?
2: All right, I don't love it. Um, I'd say I'm lukewarm on it because the first couple of years, and you can have put me up against anybody. I think he did a bad job. And, and, you know, Rick and Chris will say on the show that we do from five to eight on 98, seven that, well, you know, the, the Maris forced him into that. and They wanted Eli Manning. Which they denied that. again, by the way.
0: He denied again this week. John. All
2: right. But but regardless just, of that. Just saying. I mean, we, we could debate that. No they, one knows for sure. Even if the, if the ownership said, we want you to run it back with Eli Manning, it, it didn't mean you had to sign Patrick Amame. It didn't mean you had to sign Jonathan Stewart. It didn't mean you had to trade for Alec Ogletree. It didn't mean you had Nate to sign Solder. Nate Solder. Like, yeah. you know, just so many moves. So <laughs> I thought the first two William years. William Gay of- sneaky
0: terrible move also. He didn't even, I mean, just, didn't even make it to the regular season. Gave him a million. I,
2: I can't even, I can't even go through all the moves, but I thought the first two years, I thought he did a horrendous job. Yeah. And, but I think I'm fair and I do love the Giants and I think year three, he did well. I mean, Bradbury's a good player. You look at the draft, would I rather have the other tackles over Thomas? Yes, but you know what? It looks like he did well in the draft. Blake Martinez was a really good addition. Um, the Leonard Williams trade, it's hard to argue that you didn't get a lot of value out of him this year. So after mm-hmm. year three, I don't feel as badly as I did after year two. But Jordan, we're three years in, and they're 6-10. And every year, and you know this better than me, his mantra after the season is, you know, this is going to change and it's on the verge of changing. Well, you know what? Until I actually see it change, it's hard for me to believe that in fact it's going to. But the reason I feel better about it is because I like Joe Judge and I like Joe Judge enough that I think that he does what needs to be done and he'll butt heads when heads need to be butted. And they're, they got a different brand of player and you know, they are a more talented team, even though they don't have a ton of talent, the more talented team this year than they were last year. So I think Gettleman with a coach that is hard nosed and kind of demands what he wants is a better version of Dave Gettleman. Would I, would I prefer that they moved on? Yes. That's not what they did. I'm again, lukewarm on it, but with judge kind of co-running things, I'm somewhat, somewhat comfortable with keeping Gettleman.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Look, even if it's Joe judge that is pushing him in the right direction and pushing some of these personnel decisions, uh, it doesn't matter. The end result is that this year was pretty good. So you see, you see where the giants are going with their decision-making at least like you, you see what the logic is behind it. It finally has some logic. That's always what bothered me. And that's why I just, I don't feel confident fully with Dave Gettleman, the logic that he used the first two years Makes you want to scratch your head. I mean, you named all the the moves in year one, even Golden Tate in year two. I mean, that never made any sense to anybody. I mean, that that was just a foolish move from the start. We all we all knew it. So uh, now, as they move forward, right? You have Daniel Jones. You feel any better right. about Daniel Jones? Because that's really what this organization did. They stood there and they kind of made excuses or the, to convince themselves, okay, you know, we're headed in the right direction. Daniel Jones, yeah, he was playing well, and then he got injured, so that we didn't really get to see him play fully, you know, I mean, he even though he did, how many games did he start? 14?
2: Yeah, I or think or he 14. missed
0: a couple, right. 14, right, he missed couple. the Seattle game. And he missed, missed half the Cincy game. game, too, so he really played, like, you know, what, 13 full games, but or 12 and a half, whatever. So, 12 and a half, 13 games, how do you feel about the future of this franchise? Look, Daniel Jones is their guy. I have a story coming out this week on it. They are committed to him, and this isn't just – you know uh coach speak publicly right. or them trying to pat daniel jones on the back no no they're they're behind him i mean they're going to give him the shot next year at least hopefully they think they think it's going to be even longer how do you feel about that after 2 years of daniel Jones?
2: well i will say this the one thing i said i said it ad nauseum on my show on on you know dcr was this team needs to know. The one thing I needed to have happen at the end of this year was to know if Daniel Jones is the quarterback or not. And truthfully, I I don't know that we have that answer. Now, were there moments that he impressed you? Yeah, but you know what, Jordan? There was moments, and there might have been more moments his rookie year that he impressed you. And then you look at the yeah, flip no, side. No, no. You look at the flip side. The offensive line still was not great. and I think it's clearly trending in the right direction, but for God's sakes, I I would hope so with the amount that he's invested <laughs> in it but how many weapons they have? I mean, their real weapon, the one guy that you hang your hat on and say, this this is a stud. This is any team would be lucky to have him is Saquon Barkley goes down in game two. You don't have him for the entirety of the season. So you have a, a mediocre at best offensive line. You have a running game, which is probably subpar without Barkley. You have receivers and you and I have had this conversation away from the air, you know, nothing close to a one. Your best, Two is Sterling Shepherd, who is not all that often healthy. Slayton is just a guy. And Tate, I don't even think is that right now. And Evan Ingram is Tate's the not one not on guy the guy roster.
0: That's yeah. what he is. He's not. He's no, not. He's not
2: gone. Go, no, go, absolutely. Go, absolutely not. But Evan go, go Ingram, go, go Ingram go, go is the go, go one guy at. that you look at and say, you know what? He's a matchup nightmare for teams. And there's times where he plays well. And there's times, truthfully. But when this
0: season big. was a mess for him. It was a bet. He had a rough. I mean, that was the yeah. worst year. I know he, he was a Pro awful. Bowl. That was worst year.
2: He was a Pro Bowler. He was all <laughs> My point is this: that is
0: one of the most fraudulent Pro Bowls. All of right, all you're time. getting
2: me off track, Jordan. You know <laughs> I need to stay try uh, on the straight and narrow. So um, I don't know. And here's and we talk about with Sam Darnold all the time. Is Sam Darnold not good, or have they put Sam Donald in a position where he's had very few receivers and very few weapons? And the answer after three years with Sam Darnold is, I don't know. Now, the Jets are in in a position where they could take any quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence, and I suggest that they probably do that because I don't know, and they're through three years. I don't know about about Daniel Jones after two years, but what I do know is that Gettleman better get out there and sign a free agent wide receiver who's a big-time player and draft at least one other. I mean, they have work to do, and Barkley comes back healthy, and the offensive line should be better and then you look at this and you have a, a fairer assessment after year three than I think you do after year two. So the answer after year two is, I don't know. You say, do they have their future quarterback? I'm uncertain. I'm hopeful. I don't know.
0: You, which, which is what kind of worries you, right? You say, well, are, they, are they good for the long term? You, you feel confident about their future. And when you, do, when you say you don't know about your quarterback, it's impossible to say you're, so, you're overly confident in their future. I mean, that, that's the bottom line.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: you look. But you, the you division, did, the how do you feel about the division right now? How do I feel about the division? I the mean, they're standing or? in the division. Like, who's in the best shape in the division right now?
2: Oh, I think the Giants aren't in bad shape at all. I mean, Washington doesn't have a quarterback. We don't know that Alex Smith is going to come back, and they just, you know, you talk about the Giants maybe not knowing it's six. I mean, the Washington at 15 took a guy that's not even on the team anymore <laughs> in two years. So
0: if they get a quarterback, they
2: have a lot of pieces around them. That, that you that's, really a, like. that's a pretty big, but that's, that's a, a pretty a big gift, right? Yes. I mean, that's a pretty big if. So look, their defense is pretty good. I think they, they lack a lot offensively. I don't, I, I, I be honest with you. I mean, I don't think they're any better than the giants. Philadelphia is a mess. I mean, their quarterback that they spent a ton of money on is a, is a disaster. And I don't think Dallas is all that special either. I mean, their offensive line is, aging and falling apart their defense set records for stinking so I mean if the Giants have a good another good offseason I don't think there's any reason they can't be uh, at a minimum competitive if not win that division next year
0: we'll talk about the moves they should make and that on the the free agency in this offseason in a minute but how about this what if the what if Washington was able to get Matt Stafford how do we feel about that team
2: but we'd feel differently. We would feel differently. We would feel terrified because he's yeah. a legitimate quarterback, and he's never been on a team that you looked at and you said, "God, they've really put a lot of pieces around him." Matt Stafford, because that running game is going to get better. And their Antonio Gibson line is, is a promising
0: good. talent. I like Gibson. Yeah,
2: I mean Gibson's good, and McKissick's a nice third down back, and McLaurin's a pretty good receiver. And Logan Logan Thomas came on this year. Yeah, Logan and, Thomas you know, unreal. And that that's that's a concerning if you added Matt Stafford there, yeah, Matt Ryan there, yeah, I think you're concerned but yeah, those you know were what
0: the two names that came up in my head, actually, yeah, those two but guys. you know
2: what? they don't have that. They have Taylor <laughs> Heineke right now and maybe and maybe Alex Smith, so I'll cross that bridge when I get to it, but I don't even know where the toll is for the bridge at this point,
0: yeah, well, okay, so let's let's play gm all right i'm going list i'm going give you names. we're going to go free agent names, okay, okay, wide receiver edge, and then we'll do right tackle. I'm going to give you options. Let's say all, let's say, imagine because it's, this is not reality. None of these guys, there's no way all these guys will hit free agency. A bunch of them will be franchise tags, re-signed, whatever. So, uh, but let's say these are the guys and these guys are all pending free agents that do hit Free agency A okay, wide right. receiver, good wide receiver market. By the way, you got Alan Robinson to choose from Kenny Galladay, Corey Davis, Chris Godwin, or Will Fuller get the choice of those guys, which one do you want to add to the Giants and why?
2: Now, am I taking into account that I don't think they'll be available or or it's just No, we're going to pretend for a second they're all available. All right. The three that intrigue me the most, and in no particular order, Galladay, Robinson, and Godwin.
0: Yeah, I would I would probably put Godwin at the top if he, I if he becomes no available. Order. I doubt. I, I'm saying, I'm giving you my preference. If if he's
2: available, man, I Godwin would be great. But okay. I, there's there is no there is no way that Tom Brady is going to allow Godwin to get away. So as great of a yeah. pipe dream as that is, <laughs> I think it's unrealistic.
0: Now that being said, so let's I, erase I, him. We'll, let's erase him then. So the other two, you got Allen Robinson and Galladay. Who who love them both? What's your preference? Love,
2: love, uh, um. Uh, Galladay's been injured all year. I, I really like them both. I don't think you go wrong with either. I'll tell you what, Allen Robinson is a horse. He re, he's, a, he's a terrific wide receiver. I think the Jets are going to make a strong play for him. But he's so good, and he's so good with mediocre to poor quarterback play. I mean, he has made some sensational catches. If you put him as your one and Shepard and Ingram and add another wide receiver via the draft, now you're talking. Uh, Barkley comes back. Uh, maybe Robinson followed by Galladay, but either way, I'd be totally fine with if the Giants yeah, win. I'm
0: him. with you, but I feel fine with both of them. I do feel like Alan Robinson All is more of a bona fide one than Galladay. Like you you know Allen Robinson's a one. You you think Galladay is put, and you're hoping he is,
2: but you're not 100 percent But I think if you put I think if you put Robinson with a really really competent offense, he would be
0: unbelievable. Yeah. Is is that the Giants, though? That's a, that's another question. Yeah, he would have. Well, I'll tell you what. Pers- I think the Giants. Think about
2: I think the Giants offensively and quarterback wise are better than what Chicago has to offer.
0: <laughs> you, that, you know, when you're when you're comparing yourself to you know some of the worst situations, that's not a that's not always a positive thing. All right, edge rusher. Okay, Melvin Ingram from the Chargers, Bud Dupree uh-huh. from the Steelers, Shaq Barrett from the Bucks. Yannick Ngakwe, or Matt Judon from the Ravens. So pretty good group here. Uh, Ingram is the oldest, I believe, uh, by a wide margin, probably. Uh, Ngakwe more likely to be available than Judon. Pick pick your preference.
2: Uh, I would get a healthy Bud Dupree. Uh, that's part of the risk. That's part of the risk. Would you, uh, I mean, would he I still be, be able- your
0: preference, knowing that he's coming back, and we
2: really don't know. But the, well, I, I have to imagine that I, that he would clear the physical, right? Like it has to be a guy that's at least healthy enough that he's going to pass protocol if I'm going to sign him to a big deal, right?
0: Oh man, the guy who gets hurt in November, he's not going to be able to fully be cleared in by what? March? March, Four yeah. Four months. You know? I I don't think I don't think that's going to be the case because you're going to have to make a decision. You can't sit there and wait on no, both the I, No, I understand. Now you know, so saying, that's, that's the dilemma. So you're not we we got to say that that's not the case. You're going to have to take that risk
2: on him. Do I get him at a lesser number because there's a risk to be taken with him? I think that's inevitable
0: at this point. And he's not um, going to command the price he would have if he didn't tear
2: his knee. I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm not going after Melvin Ingram. Uh, I, too I old, too old. He, he's, he's,
0: he's for a team that's on the verge of yeah, winning.
2: I, I think the two that intrigue me the most... Are Ngakwe and Dupree.
0: Uh, I was I told think- about Ngakwe that he wasn't a natural fit for them, being that, you know, they they were gonna play this three four and he wasn't a natural outside linebacker. So I, I would be surprised if they went that route. I think, you know, obviously any edge rusher, I'm I'm all for.
2: But I would be surprised if they went that route. Look, any of these guys make the Giants a better football team if they're they're healthy and they're capable. But for my money, I, if you tell me I'm going to get anything close to Bud Dupree that he's been for the Steelers, that's the direction that I would go in. him. If I can get him for lesser because there's an injury hanging over my head, and the Giants' medical staff deems that he's going to be healthy come September, it's probably what I would choose to do. Yeah, it's a
0: tough one because Giants it's very tough. Generally, generally, you're a very conservative team medically. So that would be quite a risk and for that's a big money risk. It's not going to come cheap. So, uh and also it'd be interesting to see how the Steelers handle him because their their, their season ended of, of uh basically when he got injured.
2: Like they already had lost Devin Bush. They almost and- did another game from when he got hurt. Yeah. Right. The only game yeah. they won, they trailed twenty-four to seven, and they came back to win over Indianapolis. But other than that, they lost. They, they lost, and they really screwed the Giants too. By the way, I mean, you're up fourteen nothing against Washington, and you lose that game on a Monday afternoon. That that's when it started to go south.
0: Was it Monday afternoon? Was it like a Tuesday afternoon?
2: Maybe. One I, one I whatever it games? was, it was re- it was really really bad. It was it was like five o'clock kickoff, and <laughs> Pittsburgh got fourteen nothing lead, and somehow they gagged that game away. And I'm not over it yet. Yeah,
0: but I'm with you. Bud Dupree is really, really enticing. I mean, but heck, I'll take Barrett. I'd take Ngakwe. I'd take Judon. I think they're all really good players. Oh, depending I agree with on you. Who, depending like on Zach who hits Buck. the market, I think you, know, you got to be a player for one of these guys, whoever it is.
2: Yeah, I, I really like Barrett, too. I mean, he, he's a he's a terrific pass rusher. You, you Again, know, a guy you that. Wonder, you wonder, <laughs> will Shaq Barrett really hit the market? You know? I mean, I don't think you. I don't think he will. you will. You know, a guy that they really could have used is a guy they traded away for for peanuts, and that was JPP, yeah. who's still producing at a pretty high level in Tampa. I mean, I think if you're Tampa, though, you have to let JPP
0: go if that means being able to keep a guy like Shaq Barrett. Yeah, that's you got to keep. That's that reality. I mean, the guy, one guy is probably like ten years younger than the other. So yeah. all right, right JPP tackle, is like chicken right. Tackle. Right tackle. Another big position of need. We don't know about Matt Pert. Can you do feel comfortable throwing him out there? That's an option. Taylor Moten uh, played right tackle, I believe, for the Panthers this year. Played really well. And then here's the other ones. Russell Okung, who's more of a left tackle, right? Would you be willing to move Andrew Thomas over and say, hey, Andrew Thomas, Matt Pert, whoever's better, go, you start. Or Alejandro Villanueva, who's coming from the Steelers as well, They're kind of money strapped on a lot of things. It's going to be tough for them to sign. Now, the other options, as I mentioned before, Matt Pert and or would you keep Nate Solder?
2: Uh, I would probably try to have a a Solder-Pert combination. They like Pat Pert, and I I think he's in their their future plans. So year two with a full offseason conditioning program and a full training camp knock on wood. I think at a minimum he's worthy of coming into battle for a spot. So how about this? You know Solder, you know he's a good guy. You bring him back. If Pert clearly wins that right tackle spot, then during training camp or during you know the preseason, you say thank you very much and you move on from Nate Solder. That that yeah. would probably be what I would do.
0: I don't think that's a bad idea. I'll get into the money uh, details of that and another time. But it's not it's not crazy because he's basically. Uh 10 he cost them $10 million this year. $16 million cap hit. But look, some of that's dead money that they can't recoup anyway. Um, so 10 one, for $10 million this year, you keep Nate Solder. You only save six if you cut him. I I, I think it's it's not a bad option. I kind of I kind of like that route, like just like you do. So uh there you go. We we basically fixed the Giants right there through free agency. Add a couple draft do we picks.
2: Just, do we just make them a, now? Let me ask you this. That's what I'm saying. Where did they have
0: to make the, how how what what's the standard next year? What do you need? What's uh, what's considered I a success? B- before, in 2021? I
2: answer that, before I answer that question, I have a question for you. Okay. How realistic is it to think that this team can add a Galladay or Robinson or, or an upper echelon wide receiver, bring Solder back as your, you know, stopgap or or you know co-right mm-hmm. tackle with Pert and, and, and you move on from him if it doesn't work out or if Pert shows that he's clearly the right tackle, mm-hmm. uh and, and that you add an edge rusher. So Receiver, edge rusher, and then solder back as far as the right tackle is concerned. Think, How realistic think, is it the Giants can do that? Yeah,
0: that's a little too much. I think more more realistic is you're going to have to get one of the two edge and edge or wide receiver in free agency, and the other with your first pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that because you're otherwise, I mean, what do you what are we we're going to just? You also have to not take into the equation like Leonard Williams, yeah, Dalvin and Tomlinson. Too, Those right. are guys. Those are guys that they have to make decisions on. I, and I personally think the Giants would like to get them both back. Like they don't want to turn a strength into a weakness. So yeah, some no, of it's going to with, for yeah. gonna, gonna have to come from the draft. is going to have to come from the draft, obviously.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and both might have to come from the draft, you know, right? You might need to spend a couple of picks on on edge rusher and, and wide receiver. Um, would, you
0: ta- would you take Bud Dupree and Jalen Waddle as the wide receiver edge combo? and feel yeah. comfortable with that
2: because yeah. I think something like I, that I, is realistic yeah I, I think that's very real or or I think Alan Robinson and Rousseau out of Miami right or or, yeah. or pay out of Michigan or the like, Michigan like, kid that, yeah right I mean I, that's, I think yeah
0: now you know you get the edge rusher or the wide receiver and the reality is you are they going to be a stud year one you know that's you're asking a lot probably right for them to be a number one or edge a top edge rusher or a top Absolutely. wide receiver year one more likely <laughs> than not you're not going to get that quite level but this is still this is not they're winning the super bowl next year right no still, you, you're heading still you're
2: heading in the right direction so you asked so, me,
0: last one what is yeah. what's man what is necessary for you in your mind that this team is a successful 2021
2: all right uh, at a minimum this team needs to be 500 And competing for a playoff spot, and that's at a minimum. More realistically, I mean, get me into the postseason. It's been years of four wins, three wins, two wins. Oh, we're competing for a division with six wins, and there's you know smoke screen over there. That oh, look out, this team is competing. It's a week seventeen in the last game of the season. Compete. Give me a real season. Give me a nine-win season. Give me a legitimate year for the Giants. Let me see real growth from Daniel Jones. I don't want any more excuses. Give me an excuse-free season. So I need, listen, there's seven teams out of 16 that get into the, into the postseason in the NFC. You can't be one of those seven teams. I mean, you had Chicago, who was a lousy football team in the postseason this year. You had the Rams, who yeah. had to win a game with John Wolford. Now, the Rams are a talented team, but they got in you know, uh, smoke and mirrors towards the end of the season. Get into the playoffs, for God's sakes. And at a minimum, give me a season where it ends. I say, boy, you know what? Next year's our year. Nine yeah. and seven, miss out by a game because the, the, the seed went 10 and six. Next year, that's our year. Daniel Jones is legitimate and away we go. No, seven more.
0: and nine is not going to do it. Yeah. no, Seven, no seven and nine, a one game increase in like, no, yeah, no, no, better. that's not going to do it. No,
2: no I'm more. Gonna... zero and five, one and six, <laughs> no more, no more Gettleman after the season of, well, you know, we're clearly heading in the right direction. Be patient. Stay with us. No more of that crap. All right. I want to be five and two. I want to compete for the division, really compete for a legitimate division title. And you know what, Jordan, and I'm going to say it. I want to get into the playoffs. I want to get into the postseason.
0: I don't think it's outrageous. Now, if you win nine, ten games and you don't make it, okay, they, they, at least you could at least say they have made some significant progress. But don't
2: you know, start out one and six again, please. I can't no. zero and five, zero and <laughs> seven, two and nine. I can't take it anymore.
0: Well, they better not play. Uh, they got a couple really tough quarterbacks. I remember on the schedule. They better not play like Patrick Mahomes week one. I know they play him, and then oh, I forget who else. But they they have a couple other really tough, you know, top, 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 top top upper echelon quarterbacks on the, on the schedule next year. So yeah, avoid those games early in the season. And, and, and uh, we we might be able to have a successful 2021 Dave Rothenberger, Rothenberger. Oh, come on. That's like a combination of of Ben Roethlisberger and Dave Rothenberg.
2: Edit that out. I don't want that in here. (laughs) Get rid of the Rothenberger.
0: Dave Rothenberg, a morning show host 98, seven ESPN, New York five to 8. AM set your alarms. Make sure you catch it. And if you don't, I popped it on this morning because I'm a late sleeper nowadays. You know, now the season's over, catching up on sleep. The the podcast is out there. You could re-listen to it all day, right? You put it out there on all social channels, I believe. Oh, please, oh, it's 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 you on top you, you, of you it.
2: You almost you almost can't miss it, Jordan.
0: It yeah, is all I over the place. D- Dave's on top of it, Mister Mister Technology here. By the That's way, right. in order to to tape this on uh, Zoom, he had to download Zoom onto his phone. He had never had it previously.
2: I got it. I got so. it myself for a moment you're putting (laughs) me in a very unfair position i don't i've never had the necessity to download zoom on my phone people i've never needed it i still find it funny it doesn't matter so for for jordan to beat me up (laughs) it's not like he said hey you need to download zoom and i said i've never heard of that i don't know what that (laughs) is i can't do that i said fine let me download it i did and now we did the podcast so you know what i don't need to be made fun of
0: All right, we'll, we'll, we'll break on that. Appreciate your time, Dave. On to the next one.
1: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: All right, that's Dave Rothenberg there. One of the best in the business. That's inarguable fact right there. Uh, That's what he is. Now we're going to open the floor. It's your favorite part of the show, the time where I answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions in Giants After Dark. We got a nine-pack of questions here, so we're going to rip through them. Ready? At Blue underscore fan 1321 says, What are the chances of Garrett getting the Chargers job? And do you think if he doesn't get the job, Judge will still make a change there? Clearly doesn't share the same vision for the offense. Uh, well, here's what I know so far. I mean, you hear, I mean, I've heard from a couple sources now that that interview went pretty well for Jason Garrett in Los Angeles with the Chargers. And he has a legit chance to get that job. He kind of fits what that organization is looking for. They're looking for like an overseer. And Jason Garrett, for all the knocks you want to have about him, he did a pretty good job as the head coach of the Cowboys as an overseer, right? Uh, now, Takeaway this year as the offensive coordinator, which didn't go as well. You're looking for some the, – the, the Chargers are want, hoping to keep, from what I understand, their offensive coordinator so that he can work with Justin Herbert another year. Garrett would then just go, be on top, you know, handle you know the big picture stuff and oversee everything. It kind of makes sense. Now, whether as, as for whether he'll be back here, I think that's still to be determined, but I'm leaning towards yes, uh, that the Giants would prefer not to make a change and uh, that they would head into this offseason and alter their offense with Jason Garrett in place. Now, I'm not sure about this. We'll have to see how this plays out. Uh, I think we'll, we'll find out once the Chargers' position either comes to fruition or doesn't. But uh, And also, I would not rule out the possibility that Freddie Kitchens actually steps into the offensive coordinator role if Jason Garrett does leave. So, uh, next question we got. From Instagram, E Campin. He says, Hey, Jordan, I've been waiting for a while for your end of the season podcast. Sheesh, with a rolly eyes emoji. Uh, I understand. I had to let things settle. It was a busy week. So one week later, here you go. Sorry. Sometimes you got to decompress, but we're going to try and keep these regular. You know, I keep saying that, but don't hold me to it. As for your questions, what position or player at 11? Does us making a, do you have us making a pick for? Uh, and we'll get to that in a second. What changes, if any, do you believe philosophically need to happen to the offense, or what personnel needs to be released for cap room and improvement? And where do you see Judge going from here with the team specifically in the offense? So let's handle the offensive part of those. First of all, we'll get to the, the exact player and position in a minute, in a little bit. But as for philosophically, I think the Giants are going to need to open it up more offensively this year. And I think this was intentional. And it kind of changed that way and leaned that way. Look, they were going to slowly integrate the offense. But then once Saquon went down, they had to make adjustments. They knew they couldn't open it up and you know, have a, let's say, modern type offense. They had to sort of go to a power attack, try to rest on their defense, keep them in games, and make just enough plays offensively. So I think in part that was philosophically what they were doing here is that they had to go that route. Now i think next year you have daniel jones third year you need you're gonna have to get improved weapons with, as or as what position they take you know that is gonna fall into it greatly uh and so you're gonna see a much more wide open offense a much more sort of let's say twenty first century type offense right uh where the you know more like slip screens uh you, you know they ran look they ran it in New England. And remember, New England did this a lot, too, where Judge was. They did that with Tom Brady. They spread, it, they spread teams out at times, and they went and played power football at times. So I think that's what you're going to see here. I think, depending on the personnel, they would like to get to be a more spread, wide-open team. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that, how that kind of takes it, uh, shape moving forward. As for the draft pick, and at pistol underscore Pete026 asked me, do you think the Giants draft a wide receiver? Uh, Chase, Smith, or Waddle at 11? And would they realistically consider trading Watson? And what would it take? Pick 11, second round pick, 22 first, and Jones, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we'll get to the Watson part second. But as for do I think the Giants would draft this receiver at 11? The answer I do believe is yes. Think about their history, right? They have drafted wide receivers in the first round. This organization is a believer in wide receivers. I mean, you're talking about Odell Beckham, 12th pick. Akeem Nix, uh Ruben Randall was a high pick. Uh Sterling Shepard was a pretty high pick. I know they were second rounders. Uh Steve Smith, another second rounder. So this team is not afraid to draft a wide receiver. Now, I think if the board played out and they had a top pass rusher waiting there, and this goes back to the question from from before, from me, Camp and uh what position? I, I absolutely think edge rusher would be in play. Now, here's the problem from doing this is preliminary uh Work for me, like just groundwork. Don't hold me to it. I got to talk to a lot more people. But it doesn't look like this draft is especially great at edge rusher, an outside linebacker, where the Giants need. You know, they're Chase Young. I don't know how many of those guys exist. It, you know, so this this is gonna be a tough draft when they're picking at eleven. If there's like one premium pass rusher considered in this draft, and there might be, there might not be, there might be zero. By the way, then you know the Giants are gonna have trouble getting that guy at eleven. So wide receiver might be the one by need and talent that matches up best for the Giants and that falls into the next question that I was asked by uh, Matt Lennon one he asked, should the Giants be looking to drafting a pass rusher instead of the popular opinion of drafting a wide receiver and the answer is yes they should be looking into the the possibility of drafting a pass rusher I just don't know if this draft is going to permit it so that's going to be the tough one there all right Timmy Joyner now we'll get back to the Watson one. Timmy Joyner pops in and he says, Watson to the G-men. Would he even want to be here? Do the Giants have anybody they would want to return? And do you take him over? would you take him over, DJ? Once again, this is for, you know, shites and giggles, okay? So, would we take him over, DJ? That's not even a question, okay? I love Deshaun Watson. The way I view it, there's, if I'm starting a team right now, there's two quarterbacks I'd probably take over Deshaun Watson. One being Patrick Mahomes. Two being Russell Wilson, still young enough to have enough years left in him, and I'm talking, you know, if I'm building a team right now for the next four or five years, three, four, five years, and then number three would be Watson, and then Josh Allen will probably come in four or Josh Allen and Watson. I don't know, but uh, well, Josh Allen's definitely working his way into <laughs> maybe maybe above uh, where Watson is, but I, I love both those guys, so I think they're they're great. Either one. I mean, Daniel Jones isn't even in their stratosphere, even in even in. He, within three stratospheres of where those guys are. So uh, let's throw that part out. As to what the Giants have in return, if I'm – I don't – see, here's the thing. If I'm the Texans – and I have another question. We'll get to that in a second in regards to this same topic. If I'm the Texans, I want, like, a top 10 pick. I want a top 5 pick. I'm not taking anybody who – any pick that's, like, number 10 pick, number – the Giants have the 11th pick. The 11th pick, Is, is that really good enough? I don't want Daniel Jones. He already exhausted two years of his uh, cheap labor, and we don't even know if he's legit good yet. And they're going to complete rebuild mode if they trade Watson. So they're two or three years from getting good if they trade Watson, right? And then by then, you're going to have to pay Daniel Jones if he's good. So that doesn't make, to me, that would make any sense for them to, make, to have him included in the trade. So no, number one, I don't think the Texans would trade are going to trade, ultimately, Deshaun Watson. Nick Cassero didn't take that job to go in there and want to trade a 24-, 25-year-old stud quarterback. First of all, when's the last time a stud quarterback was even traded? Think about it. A young stud quarterback? No, you do everything in their human power to make it work. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to they're try and smooth it over, and I, bet, I, I would bet that they do. As for having some more fun, we'll do take a question from Motor Breath, JHU, who says, I'm GM for a day, three-way trade. Giants get Russell Wilson. Seahawks get Deshaun Watson. Houston gets Daniel Jones. Giants and Seattle first-round picks. Okay? Now, I just, who who says no? So the Giants get Russell Wilson. Of course, that's Daniel Jones in their first-round pick. Yes, I would take Russell Wilson. If I'm the Giants, I think quarterbacks play later in their career nowadays that they're not going to say no. Seattle gets Deshaun Watson. Okay, I still think they would probably say no. They're giving up a first-round pick and Russell Wilson and getting Deshaun Watson in return. Their pick is, what, 20-something, 20 22, 23, whatever. Uh, I don't think they would do that. Russell Wilson's been there. He's a staple in that community, on that team. He still has enough time left. Why would they do that right now? Probably doesn't make sense for them. And then Houston, forget about. Houston's getting Daniel Jones, who, again, I just brought up the problem with Daniel Jones. And then the two first-round picks, 11 and 23, neither of them in the top 10 for one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Nah, if I'm them, I'm saying no. So that's enough on the Deshaun Watson topic. I think we wasted more time than we probably should have already because I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Maybe I'm wrong, but he would have to really play hardball to get out of Houston. At G, man-ass... Compare the Churros cereal you scarf down to Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Right, yeah. And I showed on uh, Instagram the other day. My mom actually bought it for my daughter. because She saw it in the supermarket, and she knows my daughter loves Churros and actually Cinnamon Toast Crunch. There's a Cinnamon Toast Crunch Churros cereal. So the Churros cereal, by the way, tastes a lot like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which obviously is great. One of the best cereals out there. Maybe probably number one atop my list of cereals. And don't even don't even at me if you have a problem with that. Like. It might not be your favorite cereal, but if you don't respect Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I don't know if I could talk to you. But the Churro Cinnamon Toast Crunch tastes like Cinnamon Toast Crunch a little bit, but you could also you also get that, like, when you're done eating it, first of all, the milk in it is great. Like, get that little, you know, hard churro. It, it's shaped, you know, round and thin, uh, almost like like in the shape of a bullet. It doesn't look like a bullet, but it, it's kind of in that shape, like elongated, uh, spiral, sphere-like. Uh, and when it goes in the, in the milk, in it, it softens up a little bit. I mean, just it does. It tastes like a churro, like a mini churro, which is delicious. I love churros. So I'm actually a big fan of the churros cinnamon toast crunch. It was a good idea. They won. Good job. Kellogg's or whoever makes that. Uh, churros cereal. I give it an eight and a half, which is solid. And I'm giving cinnamon toast crunch, which is my favorite cereal like a nine and nine and a half at DJ Simi one ask, do you see the New York Giants resigning Leonard Williams and to- and Dalvin Tomlinson? And what are the chances to get a veteran backup QB like Fitzpatrick? You're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, first of all, DJ Simi, and I'm not picking on you here you're, you're in a, a majority, not the minority. You wrote resigning. Okay. Leonard Williams and Tomlinson. And this is a, maybe a pet peeve of mine, right? But you know, People do that all the time. Resigning and resigning are two completely different words with different meanings. You got to have the hyphen there. You can't write resigning, right? Especially when people resign in this business. So, you know, it doesn't make sense when you write resigning Leonard Williams and Thomas. Come on. Give me, give me a hyphen. Not picking on you, DJ Simi. I, I appreciate your question. I appreciate everyone that follows and listens. As for getting both guys back, I'm probably in the minority. I think they can do it. Now, Leonard Williams is gonna be a problem now because that's big money. Now he says money's not a priority for him, but he just they just had him on the franchise tag. Sixteen point one million dollars. He played great. So the Giants are saying, you gave me six I mean, if you're Leonard Williams team right now, you're saying, hey, you gave him sixteen point one million dollars. You said he was worth that last year. He came off a half a sack season, wasn't great, blah, blah, blah. Now he just played off the charts in this new scheme. With these new coaches who know how to use him, played even better. Like, so he was worth sixteen point one million to you last year. He's got to be worth about twenty million to you this year. Now what do you think? I personally don't think Leonard Williams is a twenty million dollar player. Uh, I think that's because remember the cap's gonna come down probably a little bit this year. So is it for the first time in forever, it's not actually going up. There's very few guys, like the elite, like two or three defensive linemen, I believe Chris Jones. Aaron Donald and maybe Grady Jarrett are in that 20 million, 20 million plus range. I think Leonard Williams is a really good player. And this year he played great. But I don't think he's in that range and has definitely not been as consistently good as those guys. I don't want to pay him the same as I paid those guys, that that those guys were paid. But I still think the Giants are not going to want the strength of the team to not be the strength anymore. This was a strength of the defense. It helped them greatly to have that defensive line be a strength. So I do think. Now it all is contingent on the price of both those guys, that they can be, they'll both be back, be they can both be re-resigned. Not resigned. Re-signed. And the Giants are in healthy cap shape. They can make it happen. Uh, they could get rid of Nate Solder if they want. Uh, which, by the way, we'll get to that later. I don't think, okay. I don't think, after looking at it, it's a slam dunk. I'll get to this in a later episode. That Nate Solder is gone for the financial reason of it. I went and looked into this a little bit. Uh, so keep that in your back pocket. Remember that for later. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I do think, you know, depending on how much dalvin Tomlinson gets, I don't think he's a $15 million a year player either, but I don't think he would get that anywhere else. So it depends what the market says. Both guys are worth because Both guys are right here and they're about to hit the market. It would behoove them to sign anytime beforehand. It would benefit them to say, why don't I at least gauge my, value on the market as for a veteran like Fitzpatrick yeah uh you know I think they already kind of have one in a little lesser degree they have the veteran right but it's Colt McCoy now Fitzpatrick yeah he's probably better than Colt McCoy but can you get Fitzpatrick well I think Ryan Fitzpatrick would probably rather go to a job where he's more likely to compete or start maybe in front of a younger guy like one of the drafted quarterbacks maybe whoever team like drafts, uh, you know, the BYU kid or, uh, you know, Justin Fields or whoever, then to come to a spot like the Giants where he would be then the backup, right? He'd be Daniel Jones' backup. So I'm not sure that's the move for him. Plus, he's got to get paid probably. And and if I don't know. If I'm the Giants, I'm fully committed to Daniel Jones. I don't really want to put a chunk of salary into my backup quarterback. So that's that. Appreciate your questions. That's it for Giants After Dark. On to the next one.
1: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: All right, that wraps up pretty much what is a crazy season. Now, you know we never stop here, but you know that the regular season's over. It's going to slow down a little bit. I'm going to try, you know, no guarantees, to keep it at a semi-regular weekly uh, schedule for this podcast, for the Breaking Big Blue, uh, to keep you guys informed. Uh, But this was definitely a a unique year. We didn't step foot into the locker room once. And I I will tell you this. I mean, this is unheard of. You could probably show me a lineup of half the players on the Giants, guys. And I've never seen them face to face. I I might not recognize who they are by face. That's kind of where we are this season. I mean, that would be a fun exercise. We do a lineup, a a video lineup of, of Giants players. Uh, their faces, and me try and guess who they actually are and put a name with the face because, look, this season was crazy. I worked out of my car a lot, and I just wanted to tell you, I, mean, I just taped this past, that interview with Dave Rothenberg, and, or Rothenberger, as I called him, um, from my wife's closet, right? And usually, you know, I'm home. It's My house is really echoey. I try and do it from my closet, and I have my closet. It's a nice walk-in closet. Uh, you know, just so that the sound doesn't bounce all over the place. But this time the little guy was sleeping. My little one-year-old was sleeping. The wall to my closet is butted up against his wall where he sleeps. So I didn't want to tape it in there. My wife and daughter had overtaken my office. They were working. Daughter was doing school. Wife was doing um, work. And so I had to go into my wife's closet. So I'm sitting there with my computer and the, microphone propped up in her bathing suit draw with dresses and shoes surrounding me everywhere. I mean, this is very apropos for what this season has been like unique to say the least. And it it makes it a little hard. I mean, let's be honest. I don't get to be around the players, the front office, the coaches as much. And when you're not as round around as much, it's harder to get information. So you have to stay on the phone. You have to text. You have to call nonstop. I mean, you're trying to stay attached. You're talking to the people you're closest with more and more probably than I would have if, if the season was normal. Uh, but this is how you get information and how information is passed to you. So um, we're doing our best here. Not, it not, wasn't my best year. I will admit to that. But I hope it was still effective. Uh, I have a couple other little nuggets That I have uh, tucked away for now, and we'll hopefully get to those in the next few weeks as as we as it pertains to the future of this franchise. So, I hope everyone enjoyed this season. Six and ten for the Giants. Just missed the playoffs, but it was a a step in the right direction. Pretty much everyone, all the key pieces, are going to be back next year, right? We're talking about the head coach, the general manager, the quarterback. So not, it's not going to be a big overhaul. Jason Garrett is the one that's kind of hanging in the air right now. As I mentioned before, there is some buzz that he has a chance in, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Uh, otherwise, I, I, I'm leaning towards him probably being back regardless in order to limit the change that this team does have and maybe have it to the point of zero. Right? Patrick Graham is now back as well. So that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, feel free to reach out to me. Hey, look, give me feedback on this season things we could do with this podcast. You know where to reach me, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Now you could even go follow me on uh, TikTok. Yes, I'm TikToking nowadays. Jordan Ron on ESPN with my daughter mostly. Uh, we're going to try we're going to try and do I got a couple of uh, TikToks planned, try and keep it light and fun uh, and, and hope to ent- entertain as much as inform. You could always email me as well. Make sure you like Uh, Subscribe and tell your friends about this podcast, Breaking Big Blue, best Giants podcast out there. I'll put it up against anyone. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com, Giants reporter. See you next time.